Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and together? you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. And good morning, it's Annie for Showreel, 3CR's look at the Australian film industry. And uh, today we're going to have a look at a film that's uh, just coming out. It's being released today. It's called Hounds of Love. It's a uh, debut film, feature film for Australian director Ben Young. And in fact, as you will find from my chat with Ben, he's been cultivated catapulted into the stratosphere of uh, American studio-dom by this film. It's uh, caused such a stir. Uh, It's about – it's set in Perth in 1987 and the film follows Evelyn and John White who – are basically serial killers. They are, uh, but it's set in a very domestic scene, and in actual fact, is uh, loosely based on a couple that actually did kill four people. One person got away uh, in such a suburban sort of uh, a place. It was called. Uh, it became dubbed the Moore House. Uh, murders uh, because of the house that they, the street that they lived in. Uh, it's not uh, uh, exactly about that. I mean, exactly uh, about the, these people. It's not biographical in that sense, but it does have elements that uh, talk about uh, Perth at the time and uh, the type of people and all this. But it, it really, it's just a tour de force in uh, gripping filmmaking. And uh, this is one of the reasons for why the film itself has uh, been um, such a big splash internationally. Uh, but you'll hear from Ben. We're going to talk to Ben. He's uh, <laughs> I, I got to bring him up in Serbia, where he is at the moment, as you'll hear from our interview, uh, making his next feature. Uh, which is quite bizarre considering how long it took him to be able to get money to finance his first one. (laughs) But anyway, we'll uh, hear from Ben. And as I said, uh, Hounds of Love uh, opens today. It stars Emma Booth, Ashley Cummings, Susie Porter and Stephen Curry. Uh, Quite an extraordinary film, I'll have to say. You do go out... Uh, the cinema sort of looking around to make sure that nobody's in dark alleys after watching it. So let's go on with my little chat with Ben Young. So I was very impressed with uh, 
Hounds of Love. I looked into it. Um, this is your first feature, but you've done several shorts. How uh, and uh, yes. did it take you about five years to get the feature up? Oh, oh well, um, it, it took me a lot longer to get a feature up. Um, I, I had another one that um, came very close to getting made about or seven years ago, and that one I've been working on for about ten years. Oh. Um, but Hounds of Love, the idea came to me, um, and I wrote it, and it fairly quickly it, it happened. So we got financed on, um, or at least the West Australian aspect of it got financed um, four months after I had the idea. Oh, fantastic! And and I guess the notion of the film, uh, the idea of it, uh, you must have been influenced by the actual true events because you were brought up in Subiaco, correct? I was born in Subiaco, um, but I spent the bulk of my childhood uh, growing up on a sheep farm in uh, Gijigana, which is just outside of Perth. Um, I was influenced mostly by my mum. She's a crime writer, and um, she gives me all of the books that she reads for research and I read a book about women who commit serial murder and that was the that was the biggest influence on me and then I um because women who commit those kind of crimes do it for a very different reason to one men do and it's not something that I've seen explored very often in um, in movies. So I looked into that a little bit more and then um, discovered the unfortunate phenomenon of uh, couples who commit serial murder and so um, I started researching that and ended up studying nine true cases of uh, real-life couples who, who have abducted and murdered people. Because, in, in fact, you uh, you wrote this as well as directing it, so uh, yeah. it must have been quite a... Uh, what, what I noticed is I went and looked at the, uh, the uh, couple that uh, was involved in those uh, 1980s, four, six mur- murders in Perth, uh, you've yeah. conflated some of the elements of each of the victims to create this one person, haven't you? Uh, not really. Uh, I, um, like I said, I, I studied nine cases, and um, mostly what I did is I, um, I, I took the psychology um, from the people involved uh, rather than any of the events that actually happened. So um, I, I read about the cases, um, but... Uh, nothing, I didn't borrow any actual facts and put them in the film. So every, every oh, that's really interesting. That it's interesting yeah, you should every, say that because... That goes on within the house is actually fictitious. Oh, that's very interesting because actually in the different... Uh, three of the different... There's elements of uh, that happened to the three first murder victims in that case that you do use. Like right. one of the persons uh, was f- told to write letters to the parents to say that she was fine. And then someone else... I didn't actually know that. Yeah, and one of them, his father was uh, a leading um, anthropologist, which is quite similar to one of the character elements in your film. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's really interesting. So basically I started to think that maybe you'd put a lot of the elements of that uh, surviving character, because it was one person who did survive... Uh, into yeah, this, this yeah, which is really interesting, isn't it? Well, there you go, freaky, yeah, freaky. Yeah, that, that, it's actually, uh, I, I've been away, I'm not in Australia at the moment, and I haven't been in Australia since uh, January, but there was um, a documentary on the on the West Australian couple, and someone called me and uh, pointed out another thing that I didn't know that was in the 
that was in the film as well, um, which I thought was interesting. Oh, isn't that interesting? That is curious because uh, it does tell you how um, uh, grounded this film is. I know it sounds like a funny thing to say, but it's so grounded in uh, personal realities, the characterizations and uh, the landscape that they inhabit. Yeah, you know, you've done a really great job. Uh, how did you... Uh, your actors are very good. I'm, I'm interested that Ashley Cummings won an award at uh, at uh, Venice, uh, yeah. but I was surprised to hear, not hear that uh, the other leading female didn't get a major award because the, a lot of the film revolves around her, doesn't it? Well, Emma Booth, um, who plays Evelyn in the film, she, she won Best Actress at the Brussels International Film Festival. Oh well, that's right. Um, okay, was, I didn't know that. Yeah, which was which was great, and uh, yeah, and she's made a big splash in um, uh, in Hollywood as a result of the role, which is really nice. I'm working on a film, an American film in Serbia at the moment, and uh, was able to cast Emma in this as well as a result of the performance in Hounds of Love, which was very flattering. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised because there's uh, and of course uh, Stephen Curry's performance is. Uh, Chilling, you'd have to say. Oh, thank you. That was that was the plan. Stephen and I, um, from the beginning, uh, decided very much that we didn't want to make him a, a mustache twirling villain. Um, I, I said from the beginning, just play him like a nice guy. I said I think that that is going to make it so much more frightening and keep it so much more grounded. And uh, thankfully, he agreed with me. And so that was the approach. We never wanted never wanted to play him as the villain because I think that that makes it so much scarier. And, because it grounds it so much more in reality. And one of the things that I was very keen on doing was making this couple invisible in the sense that they'd be the kind of people who could walk down the street that nobody would notice. No one would pay any attention to them because they were just so ordinary. Yeah, in fact, uh, it's funny, after seeing the film, I remember looking up at all the different buildings around me. I said, you wouldn't know what was going on behind these windows. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a quite quite freakish, and also, and and his uh, there were a whole range of obsessive behaviours which were so perfectly uh, built the characters, you know, like the obsessive cleanliness and lining up. Uh, that was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, that was um, again. I, I just thought with Stephen's character that this is a guy who has probably come from an abusive home, probably been picked on his entire life, and someone who has never had any control over any aspects of, of how he was living. And so the idea was that when he's behind his walls, he tries to seize absolute control. And so we decided to introduce an obsessive nature to him. And the other reason behind that, of course, is we often see in these kind of films that the places where they live are always derelict and they're always filthy, and it's just now it is true that I mean this is your first major first feature and it has uh, yeah. made a splash I mean it, it's been like a quiet uh, burn hasn't it through the yeah, uh, European it's a very humbling experience what's what's it like to be flavor of the month uh, it's um it's really surreal particularly because um uh, we finished the film. Uh, I mean, I never expected the film to screen anywhere outside of Australia. And um, then to get into Venice was a huge surprise. And then um, I went there, and then literally my life changed overnight. Uh, we went to the premiere, and I thought, oh, that wasn't too bad. There weren't as many walkouts as I expected. And 
you know, the party afterwards, people were saying nice things, and I just thought, well, that was fun, I guess I'll go back to Australia now. And I woke up the next day and had something like 92 missed phone calls, and my Facebook had exploded, and what's going on here? And um, there'd been a, a couple of really generous reviews that had come out from um, the playlist and Hollywood Reporter and um, Variety, and as a result, my phone had just gone crazy with all of the agents and managers in Hollywood trying to trying to get a hold of me, and um, and so uh, I ended up doing all of the meetings and ended up signing with a very very good agent in um, the USA, and then had scripts thrown at me, and then before I knew it, um, I was on a plane to Los Angeles, and next thing I know, I'm in Serbia making an American movie, and um, as a result of that, I've, I've missed all of the other screenings of Towns of Love, all of the festivals, and uh, all of the, um, I guess, all of the uh, the benefits of being flavor of the month. So it's very surreal. I've just heard about things or read about things that have been happening with the film um, while I've been working my butt off uh, in Serbia. <laughs> How's it going there? It's a beautiful country. Yeah, it's going really well. We're, um, I think we've got... 13 filming days left, and so we're well over the halfway mark. And, um, yeah, it's going going fantastic. Very, very different experience to Hounds of Love. But, um, bigger uh, budget. Very satisfying one. Much bigger budget. Yeah, much bigger budget. Yeah, much bigger budget, and it's a, it's a studio picture. It's with Universal um, Pictures. So, uh, what, what's the film called? Process. It's called Extinction. Extinction. Yeah, I actually did read the. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the name of it. I did read the the plot. Um, it would be interesting. We'll all watch out for it. My name's Molly Reynolds, and I make documentaries like Another Country, and I support Three CR because it is a radio station that once you start listening to, you can't stop. Our annual Radiothon is almost here and in 2017 3CR is Radio for Change. From June the 5th to the 18th we're asking you to help us stay on air by making a generous donation. Any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax deductible. To donate call 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au 3CR Radio for Change. Yes, Showreel's uh, Radiothon Day is the 15th of June, so we would much appreciate some support to keep Showreel going and 3CR going along as it should, helping the world go to a better state of being. Now, we've been listening to Ben Young. I I chatted to Ben Young. He's just done this great film called Hounds of Love and it's starting tonight. It's on the theatrical uh, market in Melbourne. It's going to be on at the Nova starting tonight. It's got a season. Uh, It's done very well overseas and, as Ben was saying, he is now in the midst of making an American studio film in Serbia. And Emma Booth, who is one of the stars of Hounds of Love, is also starring in his new film called Extinction. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's cheerful, isn't it? Anyway, uh, uh, we'll get on with uh, hearing what he has to say because it was quite illuminating to hear that he was a person who was one surprised that uh, there weren't too many walkouts at the Venice Film Festival and then finding next morning that uh, everybody was yapping at his toes for a bit of the action. It, it must be a big difference for a, a person who's directing to uh, a challenge to have such a bigger yeah. budget. It's, it's a huge challenge. And also, I didn't write this one. And so um, it, it's very different that you know, the producers of this film have been working on it for four or five years and they've all got very strong opinions about the direction in which you should go. And so it's, um, it's a very different process to House of Love. Um, it was a, a real joy in, in directing something that I've written because there's a confidence that comes with that. So if someone wants to argue with you about a character or about something that's on the page, you always have an answer. And uh, it's a bit different when you haven't written it um, and you've got a, an opinion um, because you, know, you, you didn't write it and don't actually know exactly what the writer's um, intention was, if that makes sense. You can get an idea of it, but you can't visualise it in exactly the same way the writer did. Is it going okay, though? I mean, you've obviously... I mean, if you've only got 13 days a shoot to go, you're obviously meet, uh, meeting uh, timelines, and you, you're... Yeah, yeah, we're, um, we're, we're actually a little bit ahead um, of the schedule, which is good, and I think that that just comes from the background of being a low-budget filmmaker. Like, with Hounds of Love, we just had one rule. We were not allowed overtime because we couldn't afford it. So when um, we'd shot for our 10 hours, bang, work, work is over. We've had to leave. And so I'm not used to being in a situation where uh, you're allowed to go overtime or if you don't get something, it doesn't matter, you'll get it later. You just have to get it. And so it's kind of ingrained in my subconscious now. And so um, as a result of that, we are, we're a little bit ahead in, in the production um, because I'm, I'm approaching it the only way that I know how. And that is, like, okay, you just stick to the schedule and you do it. So it's going really well. I think... Um, Everyone's really, uh, really happy with how it's coming together, and um, the crew are great, and um, I'm, I'm thrilled with the dailies, and yeah, it's going to be a, a very exciting film. So you're enjoying yourself. So tell me, uh, is, is there a difference? Uh, like you're saying that you know you didn't write this, so it's not uh, your love child, as it were. Uh, is it okay to be uh, uh, acting as an adoptive parent? Okay, it's harder um, in a lot of ways because, like I said, like I'm not God of this universe. Whereas, <laughs> I know that sounds very really narcissistic. No, no, but that's how it works, isn't it? Love, yeah, in the world of Hounds of Love, I was the creator. I was God of these characters. I, 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 uh, I spoke. I, I wrote every word that they spoke and dictated every everything that they did. And so, um, there was a confidence with that, and uh, that, was, that was fantastic. Whereas, I'm not this time, and so there's been things that I just think, uh, you know, on the page, sometimes I think something that the cat, some of the dialogue is garbage or whatever, I want to change it, and other people think that it's great, and uh, I don't get final say, and um, so that that's hard, but I have enjoyed it, I think it's been a really big learning curve, and the producers on this film are, are fantastic, and they are letting me uh, kind of take the reins in the sense that if I get onto set and I block it with the actors and decide that something which is in the script isn't working, they So you're a very diplomatic chap. That's the key to it all. I, I went to the. I think so. It's, 
actually been really interesting. Uh, um, I have a background in advertising, mm. and um, in advertising, I've often thought that the director is just a mediator between the client and the, uh, and the advertising agency, and um, that, that whole job is about diplomacy. And I'd often been directing TV commercials where I just thought, why do they even need a director? Like, they're telling me exactly what to shoot, they're telling me, you know, and... Um, and I realised that ah, I'm just the middleman between the client and the um, and the agency, and I think that that experience has really helped with navigating the studio system because I've heard a lot of filmmakers just know uh, working for the studios because they're sending notes and things like that. But to be honest, it hasn't. There are notes, but there's not as many notes as there are in advertising, and um, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, diplomacy is um, the understanding of some. Um, being diplomatic has really uh, helped me with this process, and I haven't found uh, working with the studio as challenging as uh, I've heard a lot of other filmmakers have. It might be an Australian thing, you know, couldn't give an F, if you know what I mean. Could be, could be. The producers have commented on several occasions how easygoing I am about everything. <laughs> um, if we go back to Hands of Love, there was one thing I was interested in, you know, the balance that you had between uh, the uh, inside the house and the outside protagonist trying to work out where she was and, you know, th- those two kind of elements. It was actually, there was, uh, it would have been a two-thirds inside the house, a third outside. So uh, maintaining that balance would have been quite hard. It was. It was really difficult. And all of this stuff, Susie Porter's whole, um, you know, searching for Vicky was something which came along relatively late. Um, it was a suggestion from Screen Australia, I think, and um, a good one because I think that the film would have been unbearable if we didn't give the audience some, uh, 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 the occasional room to breathe um, by getting outside of the house. And getting the balance was hard. I actually shot a lot more of Susie's story um, and it ended up on the floor just because... It was hard to weave into the structure and keep interesting because we're following a character who knows less than the audience. And that's the whole point, the whole way to engage an audience in in a movie is to have them asking questions. And so it was a difficult balance to get right in the sense that everything that Susie was trying to learn, the audience already knew. And so, um, yeah, finding just the right amount to put in there without boring the audience was, um, was challenging. Yeah, it was. I could see that. Um, the other thing that I found really, uh, um, I, I really found quite original because I feel like it was part of a lived experience. The business about the woman walking around stealing, you know, everything uh, made sense. Like they went, she went around stealing people's mail, and that's where they got their living from. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was hysterical. That, that was another idea that I had late as well. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just. I don't know why, but I, I remember I caught someone stealing my mail once, and I just thought, I can't believe that someone would do that. And, yeah. uh, it's just like the lowest of the low, and then I thought, oh, this is um, perfect, given that the film was set in the 80s, when um, snail mail was so much more prevalent than it is now. And um, so I, 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 yeah, I needed... Uh, it was a perfect needed, metaphor for the change into... Oh, yeah. Because well, people you, lock their you. mailboxes now, and in that time they didn't. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, yeah, it was also a good way for um, to get to, for Vicky to get the wrong address as well. Well, that's exactly right. That's why she got the wrong address. But it was like it was. I just thought to myself, God, these people really stepped over the line of um, 
of social appropriateness. I mean, it wasn't just that they murdered people, but they stole people's mail as well. Yeah, they're just the lowest of the lowest scumbags. Yeah, it was just... And then the, the business about the people who um, over... That was a, a, a stroke of genius, having those characters that mozzed him out in the real world. He has no power. Yeah, oh, thank you. Again, that was something that came relatively late. Um, I remember I, I had the idea when I was in um, in Melbourne or Sydney screen-testing actors to play John and Evelyn, and um, and I just was watching all the screen-tests back, and I just thought, God, this John guy is just such a repellent character, I, and I just wanted to know more about him. So it was then that I thought, oh, I've got that scene where he leaves the house. Uh, you know, uh, he leaves the house. Yeah, and he goes to the milk bar. Yeah, yeah. I thought, well, let's just, let's just, where does he go? And I just asked myself those questions and then um, thought it was a really good opportunity to show how pathetic he was and how much control he didn't have in, in his um, life outside of the house. Well, it was brilliant. It was actually brilliant. Uh, it's interesting because, oh, you. yeah, you know, it was great because it uh, really showed, uh, shines a light. on. I mean, because Perth is actually quite, I mean, and I suppose then was more so uh, quite a country town in my view. It's like a city that's a country town in a funny kind of way. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, it is. It, um, yeah, having grown up there, it always did feel like a, a big country town. And then I, I remember the first time I went to Melbourne and Sydney, I thought, oh, wow, this has got a very different feeling to, um, to Perth. Yeah, and the way the cops behaved. It was it was just a beautiful... No wonder it's done so well. Good on you, Ben. Oh, thank you so much. That's so lovely of you to say. Yeah, and um, we will... You, you'll be another Peter Weir. We'll, we'll never oh, be able well, to speak you to know, you again. That would be very nice. <laughs> My name is Pat Bisk. I'm a documentary filmmaker. I've made lots of films, like Rocking the Foundations, For All the World to See, Love Marriage in Kabul... Uh, and many more. Show your love. Subscribe today to 3CR. Are you wondering how you can pledge your support for a 3CR program during Radiothon? Well, you can call us on 9419 8377 or visit our website 3cr.org.au. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which program you would like your donation to go to. And thank you for being part of 3CR's Radiothon. Yes, it's that time of year again, Radiothon time, and Showreel's Radiothon program will be on the 15th of June. Coming up next is Published or Not. You just heard the dulcet tones of Jan, and you'll hear her again on Published or Not. We'll go out with uh, Stand Together, Rarity 5.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.